You're listening to the Earn That Body podcast, episode number 121. Welcome to the Earn That Body show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. I get it, team. It is the season of your friends telling you about their diet and how it's so amazing and how it's totally working and how the research says, I get it, it's that time of year, right? And honestly, sometimes it makes me want to quit my job in this business because I honestly, I get so tired of seeing and hearing all the people talk about their quick fix diets that they're doing, right? So guess what? There is no quick fix. There is no magic diet. There is no quick fix pill. There's no special shake. There's none of that, right? So what has to happen to make people see this? And honestly, if you're listening to my podcast, it's probably because you like my style. You like the approach I have to health and fitness and weight loss. And so I know you know that I don't condone any of these fad diets, the cleanses, the pills, the shakes. And if you're new to my show, and if you are on keto diet or anything like that, and you're loving it, then I encourage you today to sit and listen with an open mind. Or it's very possible that my podcast is not your jam. It's not your thing. You don't believe what I have to say. My opinions are not what yours are. And that is okay too. Every body has to do what feels good for them, what sounds right to them, what is the common sense for them and their body, right? So today we're gonna talk about a few diets that are debunked. We're gonna debunk a few of the popular diets that all your friends are telling you about, how we should handle our friends on these diets, and what we can do to continue our own healthy journey. The journey that works for you and not necessarily your friends. But first, this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. So, Eagle's Eye on Health today is a quick one, but a good one, and it's something I believe in wholeheartedly, definitely. So, what they are talking about today is bedtimes for grown-ups. And y'all know how much I love to sleep. I love sleep. I love sleep because not only do I feel good when I wake up from a night of good sleep, but I know because of all the research done that it's probably one of the most important things that will benefit your health, aging, and even weight loss. So in a Duke University study, older people who went to bed and woke up at the same time each day weighed less, had healthier blood sugar and blood pressure levels, and a lower risk for a heart attack or stroke compared with those who had irregular sleep habits. Depression and stress were also more common in the inconsistent sleepers. One theory is that changing bed and wake-up times may affect health by throwing off your body's clock, that internal clock. So there you have it, Duke University. I have to tell you, when I have a client 
and they are struggling with their weight. And it's like, we're kind of, we, we got the calories down, they're working out well, but things aren't happening. Often we look at their sleep and it's all over the place. So they go to bed at 11 at night. They go to bed at one in the morning. Sometimes they go to bed at 10 at night, but it depends what time their husband got home. And, and that kind of pattern, obviously, even according to this research study, it's not benefiting your health at all. So starting to create a schedule, even for sleep, it's important. And it's kind of funny because I feel like we schedule everything now, right? But to me, if it's in my calendar, if it's in the schedule, it's going to happen. And so you need to start to figure out what time would you need to go to bed every night to ensure that you get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. And if you start creating a habit and a pattern and a time every night, then it, it... it just starts to become natural for you and you'll start to become tired every night. So I get in bed at eight every night, but then, you know, my son and my husband and I, we all watch TV or something for a little while. Now my new routine is I read every night before bed because it really helps me relax and get ready to go to sleep. And by nine o'clock, I'm ready. I am ready to go to bed. I get up early. I get up at like 5.20 every morning. And so... That's my schedule, and I probably nail that schedule 95% of the week, okay? And what'll start to happen is that even on the weekends, yeah, I'm tired at nine, and I, I, I get up a little later on the weekend potentially, but not a lot later because you start to create that internal clock, and it will benefit you. So if you're someone who's struggling with energy levels, even if you get sick a lot, or again, weight loss, I want you to start to ask yourself if you have scheduled go to bed time and get up time and start seeing if you can make that a little more concise because that is definitely going to benefit you. All right, back to the topic today. How do we handle all of these people who are driving us nuts on the fad diets, the crazy diets, the cleanses, the detoxes, all these things that they're telling you, oh my gosh, it works. I've already lost five pounds and it's only been three days. And oh, and the research says it works. And and they leave you feeling like, like you don't even know how to respond. Like sometimes I don't even know how to respond when people, not a lot of people come up to me and tell me that because they know how I feel. But I have friends who say, hey, so-and-so is now doing this diet and this is what she says about it. And all I could do is sit there and sort of roll my eyes and I get it. It's a really tough place to be. So I thought that we would, or I would do a little research and we do a little debunking of some of these eating uh, habits or, or fad diets, whatever you want to call them. A couple of the big ones of the last couple years for sure, like Whole30. Yep, that's one. Keto, that's one. So we're going to talk a little bit about those. And I actually found this information. It was written by an eating disorder therapist. Her name is Jennifer Rowland and her colleague, who's a registered dietitian, Haley Goodrich. Haley says that one big problem is that these diets that we're just talking about at large promote the idea that we can make blanket recommendations when in fact humans' needs and diet are so highly individualized. And that is so true. And that's why like in my program, when I help clients, 
We work with a personal level of what's going on. Every single body is different. So not all of my clients are on the same amount of calories. Not all my clients are in the same uh, percents of macronutrients as well. There are certain things that are different because everyone is an individual. Haley also says it's also important to remember that diets exist. Are you listening out there? Diets exist to fuel a 60 billion dollar industry, which serves to make profit off your insecurities. Ah, it's amazing. $60 billion. Now you know why everybody is on one of these, because they are being marketed like crazy. Whether you go into Barnes and Noble and you see all the books, the Whole30 book and the recipe book for keto and the, I mean like this is a $60 billion industry. Of course that's what everybody's looking at and they're doing and they're, they're so quick to find that fix because that's what you're seeing. That's what's in your eye. I mean, even when I scroll on Facebook, which I do less and less and less, you'd be real proud of me. Um, but even when I'm on there, it's like constantly I'm seeing people post like, oh, check out my whole 30 uh, diet that I'm doing. Or, oh, do you, do you want to join my friend's program? She's giving away this pill that's helping. I literally saw this. My friend has this new pill and it's helping people lose weight. Do you want to do that? You know, message me. And I'm looking at all the people and I'm like, sure, I'm interested. Sure, I'm interested. And I'm like, what pill is this? Like, is there been any research on it at all? Why would people do that? Okay. There's my rant. I could rant probably for two hours on this, but I'm. that's why I went with, with these two ladies who wrote about it. One's a registered dietitian, one's a therapist, because I'll let them do the ranting for you in a slightly, in a slightly better way. Let's go ahead and get started with Whole30. I know y'all know it because it's out there and it's being marketed like crazy and maybe half of you have even tried it and tons of my clients try it and then they come to me after they gain all the weight back. So what she says is there's really nothing positive that can come out of Whole30, but a whole lot of potential for harm. Haley says, elimination diet eliminates many essential food groups that are part of a well-balanced diet. Elimination diets can be detrimental. They can create and exacerbate GI symptoms, can cause deficiencies, and create or perpetuate disordered eating. There is no science and research to back Whole30 claims. Many arbitrary rules are involved. She says it's very black and white. If you cheat, you have to start over. Anything this black or white is a huge red flag. Now, Jennifer says, From a psychological standpoint, when we put foods as an off limits, we usually tend to crave them more. She says restricting certain foods can lead to subsequent binging or overeating, can lead to increased anxiety, guilt, or shame around food, can lead to increased stress around food, causes increased cortisol. And we've talked a lot about cortisol on this show before. Cortisol is a stress hormone that can lead to increased anxiety, depression, digestive problems, headaches, sleep problems, and even heart disease. She also says the good and bad food mentality can lead to eating disorders, disordered eating, and at a minimum, irritability and a waste of mental energy. So, Whole30, how's that sound now? (laughs) 
I have not done Whole30. I have not even read it through thoroughly. Um, I've seen parts of it. And like I said, I have a lot of clients who come to me after they've done Whole30. And what they usually say is, well, you know, it, it started off okay, but then it was too restrictive. I did lose some weight, but I gained it all back. I find that a lot of the Whole30 people are not eating enough calories and they're restricting some well-needed nutrients as well. And so again, we need nutrients, we need fat, we need carbs, we need protein, we need it all. We just need it in a more balanced way. Now the really big one, I don't know why it's so popular again. I mean, it's, it's not like it's new this year because it's been around for the last several years, but the ketogenic diet is like off the charts in what people are talking about right now. I don't know if you saw it, but Jillian Michaels even, I think it was last week, uh, made some comments about how, how terrible the keto diet is for you. And she definitely got slammed by all the keto lovers, of course. But, um, you know, I commend her for being the person who, who really says the truth about it and asks people, well, what research, everyone, are you looking at? And no one can really give her that much. But according to these two ladies, the ketogenic diet, when trying to be healthier, they say, it can actually make you unhealthy. Now, Haley explains, ketosis is a form of ketoacidosis, which is a life-threatening condition resulting in high levels of ketones in the blood. It is an unhealthy metabolic state. When you eat a diet that is too low in carbohydrates, the body produces these ketones as a safety mechanism to keep us alive. Carbs are our main source of fuel, and they are preferred. Did you hear that, everyone? Carbs are our main source of fuel, and they are preferred. Stop thinking that carbs are the enemy, because they are not. There are healthy carbohydrates. We're not talking about the sugar and the sweets and the candy and the pie and the, you know, we're not talking about those carbs. We're talking about the healthy carbohydrates. Now, restriction of carbs causes the brain to seek more food. You will gain weight back, and for many, it will be plus some, according to Haley. And Jennifer says, if you restrict carbohydrates, it is far more likely at some point you will begin overeating or binging on them. It can lead to disordered eating or the development for an eating disorder. Having inadequate amounts of carbohydrates in your diet can have a detrimental impact on your mood. And as I just said, as a side note, Jillian Michaels, or actually I didn't tell you this part, but Jillian Michaels has a new book out about aging and I'm just finishing it and it's very good. And, and one of the reasons I really like Jillian Michaels books and a lot of the stuff that she says is because she has so much research that is there to back it up. Like if you look at the last 25 or 30 pages of her new book, it's all just where the research comes from. And so that's always what I'm looking for. And so Jillian says in this new book that people who are doing these keto diets and are depriving themselves of the carbohydrates are going to age faster because it's actually, it's detrimental to the cells of your body to not have enough carbohydrates. And that's leading to earlier aging and aging type diseases. So sometimes we have to think ahead here. We have to think about more than just being skinny. We have to think is how will eating like this affect my body long-term? How will it affect me as I age? 
Is it doing anything beneficial for my body as I continue through life? Or is it helping me lose a few pounds, but it's like, it's almost like it's killing me on the inside slowly. That is something that you want to think about. So that's the keto diet. Now, what about the cleanses? The ladies say you don't need these if you have a functioning liver and kidney, right? Haley explains you do not need cleansing. You would be in the hospital if your body could not cleanse itself on a daily basis. She says that is why we have a liver and kidneys to naturally cleanse our body. Uh, Doing these type of cleanses can lead to food deficiencies. You're just losing water weight by going to the bathroom a lot in general, and it confuses your hunger and your fullness cues. Now, Jennifer adds that cleanses are socially isolating, unpleasant, and could cause you to become moody and irritable. I mean, forget it. If you put me on a cleanse and all I could do is drink or you're going to limit me to like 800 calories a day, irritable, that would be a nice word for what I would be. I would be off the charts. Um, She also says that uh, it can lead to increased desire to binge and overeat on food as well as trigger or perpetuate an eating disorder or disordered eating. Are you starting to see that theme, everyone, that a lot of these diets, these fad diets, these cleanses, these detoxes, they all have this potential to trigger an eating disorder because they are so extreme in what they're doing. So... There is that one for you on the cleanses. Now, this one I thought was funny, but I wanted to include it because I want to make sure I, I include all the things that they that these ladies talked about and that you might hear about. But they talked about clean eating as a diet. They said that unless it's washing your vegetables and fruit, here's why we do not support clean eating. And I do have an opinion on this, so, so hang in there. Haley says that this terminology is especially harmful because it's being spread as a non-diet message when it is 100% disordered. It is wrapped in a morality, good versus bad, pureness of foods. She says fear-mongering, for example, sugar, our body can totally process this. Cutting it out makes you want more. Plus, it's important to note that fruit and candy are both glucose glucose. Jennifer says this good and bad mindset around food can create seriously disordered relationship to food. So when it comes to clean eating, that's what they have to say. Uh, I think clean eating, you know, it just depends on how people define it. You know, like I, I say, I would say clean eating is good for you, but, but I have a different definition of what clean eating is than someone else might have. So I feel like it's become such a generic term. I don't see it as a diet, but I potentially could see that someone is out there marketing it as a diet since we know it's a $60 billion industry. Um, some people think clean eating means organic only. Some people think clean eating means you only eat real food. I mean, I just see clean eating as, yes, eating real food, eating organic when you can, um, just limiting the processed sweets, things like that. But I, I personally, you know, I, I don't recommend anything extreme. I mean, I even think you should have a sweet treat on the weekend. I just don't think it should be every single day. I think there needs to be some balance and some moderation. But again, when you say, nope, I'm not having sweets anymore, 
that's so restrictive. You will binge. You will go off the deep end at some point, and then you'll take it in. So you are better off having a little bit versus doing these extreme things. You're better off having carbs, not doing keto, because it's just too extreme. I also don't know anyone right now who has done keto for the last two years. I know a lot of people who start keto. I know a lot of people who start Whole Foods, but it's not something they can sustain. And if you can't sustain it, I always say, then why even do it? You're just gonna put the weight back on. Now these two gals, they say that if you are struggling with an unhealthy relationship to food and your body, it is so important to consider seeking help from a therapist. I highly agree. A therapist is going to help you more than the keto diet. A therapist is going to help you more than a cleanse, than Whole30. All these things that you want to do that are somewhat detrimental to your health, you're just better off seeking out why you want to do those things. So often with weight loss, and especially women, I mean, it definitely happens to men too, but for for whatever reason, emotional eating happens a lot with women. And sometimes figuring out what's triggering it through therapy can help fix a lot of your issues. It's not overnight, but weight loss shouldn't be overnight. You didn't put the weight on in one day, so don't expect it to come off in one day. That's really something to think about. And if you have been struggling for a long time and you're constantly going up and down and up and down and the yo-yo dieting and your weight and you see yourself going up five to 10 pounds and then the next month you're down five to 10 pounds. If that is you, it is time. Go to therapy. There's nothing wrong with therapy. Like my father was a psychologist, which is always fun growing up with a a parent who's a psychologist because I I think they're pretty much analyzing you daily or they are probably, well, I don't want to say probably. I mean, my dad used to say some pretty funny things to me. For example, (laughs) I remember the time he, I loved Madonna and I remember the time he was like, wow, Kimmy. Yeah, he calls me Kimmy. I think it's so interesting that you positively identify with Madonna. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm being, I'm being analyzed over my, my music icons. Anyway, my point is that I grew up with therapy being a norm, meaning my dad was a therapist. We, we saw it as a positive thing that you could do in your life. And I was in therapy for many years as an as a younger adult. And so some people sort of feel shame seeing a therapist. There should be no shame. I promise you, it can be one of the best things you ever do for yourself if you can find a good therapist. I do have to say, it's just like everything else. Whether you're a trainer, a nutritionist, a therapist, there's good ones and there's not good ones. But if you can find a good one, hopefully from some referral, someone you know, it can be one of the best things you've ever done for yourself, way more than any diet. All right, so I'm just gonna throw that out there because I really think that it's important that people seek that type of help, especially when it comes to their weight and their health. Now, now that we debunked a few things and some people have already skipped out on the podcast because they are keto people, they're Whole30 people and they don't wanna hear it. Well, how do you handle your friends. How do you handle these situations that I know keep coming up because I'm hearing people tell me that they keep coming up? Here's my here's my few bits of uh, advice on this one. 
If your friend does not ask for your opinion, do not give it. I have learned that in the last 10 years of my life and, and that I try to live by now. If they don't ask for your opinion, don't give it. Okay, so they're gonna tell you all this great stuff about Whole30 and oh my God, keto's the best thing that ever happened to me and blah, 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 blah. Just sit there and smile. You don't have to say anything unless they ask your opinion. Now, if they try and recruit you, <laughs> which I don't know why, but they do. It's like they don't wanna do it alone. Maybe because they don't wanna be restricted alone. They wanna know that none of you can go out to eat ever because you're eating a certain way. If they try to recruit you and tell you about their amazing results that they've had in two weeks, maybe at that point you could tell them, hey, do me a favor. When you've been on this diet for one year, at that point, come back to me, tell me how it's going, and maybe then I'll join you. Because I can almost guarantee they won't make it a full year, right? They're gonna make it like two weeks to a month. That would be my guess. Maybe six months, they're really strong. But you could always tell them that. Another thing is just don't take it personally. If they don't have your views on health and eating, that's okay. You know, not everybody's gonna be like me or you if you're listening to this podcast, if you believe in this type of health that I preach, basically. It's okay, let them have their views and you're entitled to your views. Maybe you just say, hey, it's great, you know, and change the subject. It's kind of like politics. I don't really wanna know if my friends are voting for Trump or not. <laughs> And I am not gonna go into that one because that's a whole different topic. But I'm just saying, there's some things you don't have to discuss. And maybe your diet needs to be one of them. And you kind of can just change the subject when your friends bring it up. The last thing is, and we just had this issue, not an issue, but we just talked about this on the Earn That Body Facebook page. Um, it was actually on our private Earn That Body page where all of my clients who have ever done any of my programs, I do have a private Facebook page for them. And someone posted that they just can't take it anymore because their friends you know, are posting about keto and they just, they can't take it anymore. And I totally get it. And a whole bunch of people were posting like, oh, my friend's doing it too. It's driving me crazy. At the end of the day, people, if someone's driving you crazy and they are not inspiring you on social media, unfollow them. It's so simple and they won't even know, okay? You don't get a notification if somebody unfollows you. And you can unfollow someone on Facebook without unfriending them. And what that means is you won't see their posts in your feed really anymore. But you can still go to their page if you wanna check something out. So you know, if you unfriend them, you're not gonna be able to see that potentially. But if you just unfollow them, then you won't have to be driven crazy by things that you don't agree with, right? And I'll tell you right now that something that I did for 2019, because each year I feel like I have to take another step to reduce my social media time by scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, I've unfollowed almost everybody, right? I've kept my friends and my family. I have unfollowed people. I don't unfriend them because I still wanna be able to communicate and go to their page and stuff like that when I want to, but unfollowing is a great thing. <laughs> it, it really can, it can simplify your Facebook page. And again, if you keep getting posts that aggravate you more than inspire you, that to me is the time to unfollow. 
So what diet is for you? Well, I'm gonna name this new diet. Are you ready? It's called the CSD. That is the best diet for you. I call it the common sense diet. It means if nutrition does not make sense or is too good to be true or it makes you cry, it is not good for you. Don't do that diet. Use your common sense. You need balanced nutrition. That includes carbs, fat, and protein. You need consistent exercise. Not too much, not too little. You do want to get rid of the processed foods as much as possible. You want to limit alcohol intake. Do you hear those two things? Neither one of them said, get rid of altogether, never have any. You need to limit, you need to get rid of processed foods as much as possible. Um, And then I always say this one, would you put your child on this diet? I say this all the time on the podcast. Like if you're going to go keto, would you put your kid on keto? Because just so you know, the only research I've seen on keto is about, um, there's there's some uses for it for pediatric epilepsy that it's been very effective for. So obviously if your child has that, then that would be important, right? But it's not being used for that, it's being used for weight loss. So would you put your kid on this diet? I would not put my kid on a keto diet. I just would never do that to them. I would not put them on Whole30 and restrict them from very important nutrition. I would not put my kid on a cleanse or a detox. Would you make your kid only drink for like two days or three days or some of them are like five days? If you wouldn't do it for your child, why would you do it to yourself? All right, this is common sense dieting people, all right? The last thing is I want you to stop trying to be perfect. You gotta do the best you can, even if you're one of my clients and you're on my program. I always tell you guys, do the best that you can. Every day will not be perfect, but if you gave it your all on most days, then you're a step above of where you probably were a year ago, right? It's not about being perfect, it's about doing the best you can and still being able to live a great life. End of story, the common sense diet. Do you like it? Next week, we are going to talk about counting macros. I don't consider macros a diet, but it it is marketed as a diet by some programs because again, they become very extreme macros. What does macro mean? It's the macronutrients. So a lot of people ask me like, you know, where should I be with my carbs, fat, and protein? And how do you decide? And what do you know? And how do you track it? All that kind of information we're gonna talk about next week on the podcast. So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Make sure you subscribe to the Earn That Body podcast because when you subscribe, the new episode will automatically be waiting for you each week so you don't miss anything. And I always ask if you could give this episode a share. Guess what? Share it on social media this week because for all those people who are telling you they're doing keto and Whole30 and blah, 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 you can share this. And maybe it'll help raise their eyes or give them some new education on something that they maybe need to see. And actually something that lots of you have been doing, and I just love it, is when you take a picture, uh, like a lot of people listen to my podcast while they're driving, and they'll take a little picture and show me that they're listening to my podcast and they send it to me or they post it. Post it on social media or post it on your story and make sure you tag Earn That Body so I can see it. I just love that. 
this is a podcast of love and labor. I don't, I don't do sponsors to annoy you and make money, but if you want to thank me, do that. Give me a little post and put it on your Instagram story or your Facebook story. Just don't forget to tag me. Otherwise I might, I might miss it. Right. And there you have it, your health and nutrition information for today that you can all put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 